Hello and welcome to another episode of A Fresh Perspective here at Heavenly Thinking. Today we're in Romans chapter 8, continuing on in verse 12. So I'll read it and we'll start our conversation today. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So as we look at this smaller section the last week, what strikes you as important? Well, I can probably speak about... 15 sermons on this section, right? From just, just little tiny phrases, right? Because these phrases are important. Paul, Paul's making the transition here from all the slavery talk, all the sin talk, all this stuff to, hey, here, here's the end result. The end result is you are a joint heir. So it's been, everything's about Jesus, 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 which is the way it's supposed to be. And the reason for that is because then he gave us the ability to become joint heirs with Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, again, you got to know your background. You got to know your history, what that meant, all of that kind of stuff uh, back here, because there's significant, right? Meaning to becoming a joint heir. I mean, you, you have everything that Christ has. That's mind blowing for us little humans. We don't like to hear that, right? We don't like to talk that way. We love the gap theory that, you know, God is here and he's very reverent. Looks at all this stuff. I'm sure you're going to bring up the whole, you know, Abba Father stuff, right? Which is kind of, people don't like to talk that way, right? Mm-hmm. We, we don't like to think that us and Jesus are on the same level. But Paul says, absolutely, right? All that Jesus did for you was for this reason. So mm-hmm. all one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and part of eight, the whole groundwork is being set to say like, hey, now there's not any condemnation. And that allows you to become a joint heir. Mm, absolutely. He laid that groundwork uh, explaining how there was this gap between mm-hmm. us and God with the law that that was not creating a bridge. Yeah. We needed Jesus for that. So there was this gap that we talk about. Uh, but now, as you said, we're joint heirs with Christ. That means that we are children of God. We're sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. And we need to understand what that means. A lot of Christians, I think, uh, shy away from this passage or try to water it down or change it a little bit because they don't really understand the concept of being a joint heir with Christ and what it means to actually be a child of the Almighty God and not just having this this relationship with God that's somewhere off in outer space or, or, you know, disconnected. No, we have a very personal God who sent his own son to die so that we could be his sons and daughters, so that we could be heirs with Christ and have his power and have get to share in his splendor and glory in heaven one day. And and it comes with all these benefits. And, and we really don't spend much time looking at this chapter and saying, we are going to get to spend an eternity with God because of what Jesus did. And that means we are heirs with Christ. We get to experience heaven just as Jesus gets to have all the splendor in heaven. We're going to be in heaven and enjoy that with him. Uh, obviously, the focus needs to be on Jesus, not ourselves. Uh, but we can look at this and see we're going to get to be a part of that because uh, we're no longer slaves to the flesh, as it says here. We're no longer debtors to it. We are living a life in the Spirit. And if we're living according to the Spirit, that means we are going to be the heirs of with Christ. So there, there's really two ways to build a, a church community. 
right? The first way, which is the most popular, which most churches do, is there's a gap theory. You need us in your relationship with Christ. Right? That's not new. That's Catholic Church. That's 2,000 years old, right? Hey, Christ is here. You're here. You need an, in, an intermediator, right? So uh, the, the, the problem is that's Old Testament, right? Mm-hmm. God's here. Uh, the people are here. Moses be in the middle. Aaron be in the middle. The priest be in the middle, right? There's always, you need our help to get to God, to get to Jesus. The whole purpose of Jesus was to get rid of that. There's now no need for mediation between us and God other than Jesus. He took it all. He did it all, right? So you don't need men to get to Jesus. You don't need men to get to God. The, the, but, but we build off of that, right? We build off of that whole idea is you need our programs. You need our, our counseling. You need our pastors. You need our knowledge of the word. You need our worship. You need all of this stuff to get to God. The truth is that that's not, that's not true. The second way is, listen, I, I'm having a great personal relationship with Jesus Christ and we're all going to gather and your relationship, my relationship and, and your mom's relationship. We all live in the same household. And so now we're doing corporate. Right now, every day we get up and we got to corporately walk this thing out. But if, if I fall, right, and trip up in my walk with Jesus, it doesn't mean that you and your mom are, are, are destroyed, mm. right? That's the difference, right? The difference is I'm coming to church. I have a personal relationship. I'm just going to partake. I'm going to worship and I'm going to, but I'm doing it all over here. Mm. And so the corporate then comes along and says, Hey, how can we just help you be better at what you're doing? One is, how can I help you be better? How can I help you get where you want to go? The other one is, how can we help you be better? Man, mm-hmm. It makes a humongous difference in thinking. The corporate doesn't exist, right, in our, in our modern-day church world to help the individual. The individual exists to help the corporate. That's messed up because Paul says, listen, it's you and, and God, mm. right? It, it works that way in families, right? If you have five kids in the family and two parents, the parents are still responsible that each kid is an individual. We don't raise them all up the same way and go like, hey, here's our five kids. No, they all have names. They all have the places. They have all of these things. Absolutely. It's important that when we look at this, we, we see the differences uh, between the old covenant of the law and we see this new covenant of the spirit uh, and what Jesus Christ did and the freedom that comes with that and that it gets us focused on our relationship with God that as you said we have direct access to God now we don't need other people's approval for that we don't need other people to help us get to God uh, we join up as a corporate body as the body of Christ uh, to help each other and we join up to uh, glorify God and worship God and learn from his word together uh, but we don't come uh, and sit in a church just so that a pastor can tell us uh, this is what you need to know and I am way more educated and I am way more spiritual and that's just mankind's way of instituting the old covenant into the new covenant where we take this uh, slavery uh, perspective here uh, of everything about the flesh and we put in these different things here instead of just walking out our faith uh, in the spirit and being heirs of Christ, we say, oh, no, no, we need to have uh, men here as your mediators. It's not enough to just have Jesus. You need to learn from someone who's educated and all those things as you were talking about. Instead, I think we as Christians need to take a step back and see what does 
God's word actually say here in Romans chapter 8 is very clear. We have access to the Father through Jesus Christ. We don't need anyone else to help us with that. We can go directly to God. We have that privilege because of what Jesus did on the cross. We are heirs with Christ, which means we have uh, no other mediator than Jesus Christ, and we have that direct access to God all the time through prayer, through reading scripture, uh, through uh, meditating on his word, and really just seeking him out each day. So I'd encourage our, our viewers and listeners to really get in your word, see what it says, make sure that you're not just taking man's word or even our word, uh, for an authority of this, you need to make sure you're getting into scripture yourself so that you're not being deceived by people out there trying to tell you you need them or you need this or that to get to God. No, you need Jesus. And that, that's what really we've discovered in Romans is the focus of nothing else will get you to heaven. Nothing else will get you to God in a right relationship with God other than Jesus. That's where our focus needs to be. And definitely that's what this chapter seems to be focusing in on once again. Yeah, I love what you just said because, it would, you know, my closing thought, I think, on this would be the last verse, right? And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So, again, uh, we live in this world where we think being a joint heir is, hey, we get all the perks and we don't have to do anything. No, if, if you're actually reading your Bible, right, if you're looking at this, your church may never teach you that. Your pastor may never teach you that. Your friends may never tell you that. They may tell you completely the opposite, that it's all roses. Right? But God says through Paul, no, you got to be willing to suffer with Christ. What did Christ mean about that? Well, hey, they hated me. They're going to hate you. Mm. Hey, you got to be able to pick up your cross and bear it daily. Hey, you've got to bend the knee, give up your free will, just like Jesus did to the Father's will, right? Mm. That means that you have to be willing to serve. You have to be willing to serve others. You have to be willing to love people as you want to be loved, to put what, to have selflessness, not selfishness. There's a bunch of things that are going to cause, <coughs> sorry, you to suffer as a person. Mm. Right, that's what he's talking about. Jesus could have done anything he wanted while he was on this earth. He could have stayed on earth for two thousand years. I mean, he had the ability to do that. He could never die. Just enjoy earth for two thousand years. But he didn't. He sacrificed his will to mm. the Father's will, and then he suffered for that. We're going to suffer. You're going to miss out on things. You're going to you're going to have to say no when you want to say yes, and you're going to have to say yes when you want to say no. Those things are going to happen. But if, we, if we're not careful, if you don't read this, you're going to miss out on important verses like that where Paul says, all of this is possible. You're a joint heir if you suffer. Mm, there's that provided if we do this. It's not yeah. just, oh, you're going to get all these awesome things. No, there's provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Yeah. You know, last week uh, here at Heavenward Thinking, we did a show on uh, persecution. And I challenged our audience to make sure that they're living and standing on the word of God, making stands for Christ, no matter what that costs. And I talked about the fact that persecution is guaranteed. We're told that we're going to have persecution. We're told that we're going to face things uh, and that it's not going to all be roses, as you talked about. We need to make sure that we're willing to do that. We're willing to suffer for the Lord, just as Jesus suffered for us. If we're going to be heirs with Christ, we have to be like-minded with Christ. We have to do what he did. We have to follow his example, as Paul tells us many times throughout his letters. We need to make sure that we're willing to suffer and, and make stands and do what is necessary and to submit to the Father's will. Just as you said, we have to be in submission to God just as Jesus was. And that makes us an heir with Christ. And then we can look forward to the glories of heaven and, and be glorified with him in heaven. Uh, so I hope you've been challenged by this this week uh, and that you'll join us next time as we go into the next portion of Romans chapter 8 here on A Fresh Perspective at Heavenward Thinking.